The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And the Royals are now 9 for 9 in winning game one of every series they played thus far in 2015, taking care of Cleveland 5 to 3 in a very nice victory at the K this evening. What's up? It's Davo, and I'm glad you're along on our dish here on Clubhouse Conversation. Where tonight's player of the game, Eric Hosmer, teamed up with Jason Vargas to get this game in the W column for the Royals who moved to 17 and 9 on the year Cleveland how about that just 9 and 16 who saw this coming certainly not Las Vegas with their gaudy predictions for Cleveland and their poor predictions for the Royals but we're not better here in clubhouse conversation we're just going to laugh our way to the bank i put in that $150 bet on the Royals to win the AL Central will pay me out 1250 when it happens not if it happens when it happens but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's stay calm here. Let's just enjoy this one. Eric Hosmer, your player of the game, like I said. That's the third time this year for Haas. But let's start by talking about the pitching, and more in particular, Mr. Jason Vargas, who pitched a hell of a game tonight for the Royals. Nice job by Vargas. Went six innings through just 82 pitches, which is pretty impressive when you consider he threw, what, 24 in the first inning? Finished with just 82 pitches. In six innings, Vargas allowed two runs on that Michael Brantley home run in the first and only one other hit in this game, the double by Jason Kipnis in his final frame there in the sixth inning. So overall, Jason Vargas, six innings, two runs on two hits, walked two and struck out five. Awesome. Pitched with conviction. Kept most everything down, worked the corners, and and it would have been easy for Vargas to let that first inning snowball. You know, boom, three hitters and you're down 2 nothing. And there's a good chunk of Royals Nation on Twitter and Facebook. You know who you are. Who panicked and said, oh, here we go again. Kick Vargas out of the rotation. Oh, Vargas is going to get lit up tonight. And, and I tweeted out very calmly and said, guys, six innings, three runs is a quality start, and Vargas can still easily do that. Just because you give up two in the first inning doesn't automatically mean you're going to give up two every inning. And Vargas not only gave the Royals six innings, but didn't allow Cleveland anything else. Just two runs and only 82 pitches. So he really could have gone another inning, especially with the switch hitter and lefty coming up. But after five ground outs and five flyouts, Nedios opted for Ryan Matson, which I thought was a pretty, pretty good move. Pretty interesting move by Ned. Not something we really ever see him do. Normally, no matter who the starting pitcher is for the Royals, if, if they're, Low 80s pitches and pitching well, and, and Vargas had, what, retired, I believe, 13 of the last 15 hitters? I mean, when have we ever seen Ned Yost pull that guy out? I don't think we ever have, especially in all of the seventh inning with that least amount of pitches. But Ned said, okay, you did your job. Let's take you out in a high note, and let's go to the bullpen. And I, maybe he learned a little bit from maybe leaving Danny Duffy in a bit long in his last start against Detroit when Danny could have had the seven shutout innings and leaving a high note and then came in, bam, bam, couple hits and a run later, he pulled him. I, that had nothing to do with it. I'm not saying that. It was probably more likely that Ned said, we have to get this game. And I've noticed that from Ned this year. That's something else I've noticed about him this year. He's not messing around. You're up four? Fine. I don't care. I'm going to bring in Herrera and Davis to close this game out. We have to win it. Vargas, you're pitching well through six? That's fine. The odds still say you're due to regress and give up some runs at some point. I'm going to my bullpen, which has been awesome. And it's not just that. We've seen him pull Jeremy Guthrie early a start this year. When Guthrie could have perhaps gone another inning, was throwing well. Three runs allowed, I believe, against the Twins. 
It's been several times this year, so a, a nice change from that overall. I was fine with that move tonight. Even if it wouldn't have worked, I would have been okay with it. And But Matson made sure it did work. One, two, three for Matson there in the seventh inning with a K. Calvin Herrera, who will likely begin his suspension tomorrow. His appeal was heard if you missed that by Major League Baseball today, and they should announce their decision tomorrow. He was facing seven games. My guess is it gets reduced to five or six at most. I don't think he served seven. Either way, it's going to hurt missing Herrera for close to a week. But Herrera gives up that solo shot to Lonnie Chisenhall, but gets a K, gets the Royals out of their eighth inning. Had that long homerless streak snapped. Back to late 2013, the last time he gave up a home run. That's awesome. Wade Davis, a two-out single with a K, picked up his sixth save in as many chances. The Royals pitching was just on top of their game tonight. Nice job. Jason Vargas, somebody who I've been saying since the start of March I've been concerned about. Tonight I wasn't. I mean, even in that first inning, he was throwing the ball better, you could tell. Even with the home run, you could tell he had much better stuff and was more confident. Like I said earlier, the word I used earlier. What was that word? Not belief. What's another word I was talking about earlier? Conviction. There we go. <laughs> There's the blonde in the hair coming through. I forgot what I said earlier. Conviction. He pitched with that all night, especially in those middle innings. And that was great to see. And one of the things, since we missed the dish yesterday, I do want to quickly touch on Jeremy Guthrie. I've seen a lot of fans on Twitter and Facebook and, you know, the water coolers and all that say that, well, why is Jeremy Guthrie still in there? He should be pulled. He's done. No, he's not done. Guthrie has been amongst the best five pitchers in the league the last few years in innings pitch. Has been a guy who's given you league average production outside of that, above average when it comes to innings. But at worst, he's a league average starter the last couple years. And Dave Island's worked wonders with him since he came over from Colorado. So I'm not going to give up on somebody like Jeremy Guthrie when this team clearly needs guys who can eat innings. I mean, the whole season, not just Guthrie, really not too many other guys outside of the last few starts. We saw Duffy give the Royals. Seven-plus innings. We saw six tonight from Vargas. I mean, we've seen Volquez. We've seen some better outings in recent days with innings. But it's way too early to give up on a guy like Jeremy Guthrie with his track record, with his ability to eat innings. And he's always had stretches like this where he struggles, but he always goes on good runs. So if it's up to me, I'm giving Jay Guts three more starts, especially because he faces Detroit again. If he does get hit hard against Detroit, that's a horrible matchup for him, as was the matchup at Progressive Field. So that's three outings in a row where it's not a favorable matchup for Jeremy because of past history and how he throws. So I'm not going to – I mean, obviously you're not going to throw out Jeremy Guthrie, you know, probably in the playoffs this year. And that's a testament to the Royals' rotation being stronger as much as anything else. But you, he should be able to get through, my point being, the majority of matchups this year and give you innings and pitch well. The Tigers and Cleveland may be two exceptions where I don't love him facing those teams. Cleveland because of all the lefties and Detroit because they just seem to own him. But then again, Detroit owns half the pitchers in baseball. So point being, let's not give up on, on Guthrie. He gets at least two more starts, if not three. And worst case scenario, you move Chris Young to the rotation. I still think Jeremy could be a nice piece out of that bullpen as a long reliever. Or, you know, his velocity is down about a mile an hour this year when you look at the different charts and, and stats. Perhaps he gets a little bit more velocity left. You know, back, worst-case scenario when he moves to the bullpen if that does happen. Hopefully it doesn't. I don't think it will. I think Guthrie will settle down and get the job done. So hopefully the Royals fans will continue to remain patient with him and the team because I think the team has proven beyond a doubt that they deserve patience when it comes to everything from the process to Mike Moustakis to, you know, everything else. So just my quick thoughts there on Jeremy Guthrie. Now let's get to the offense tonight. Eric Cosmer, like I said, the obvious player of the game tonight and had the obvious play of the game. The Royals get down 2 nothing after the aforementioned Brantley home run, and bam, Alex Gordon, a leadoff single. Kedris Morales hit by a pitch, and then bam, 
Eric Hosmer, left center field, another bomb. Three runs, 3-2 Casey. How big was that? And I think it can't be underemphasized how much that meant to Jason Vargas either. I mean, from that point on, Vargas, a little bit of a tough first inning, no doubt. But he came back when he got the lead, as many good veteran pitchers do, and seemed like a new pitcher. Like I said, the stuff was there from the start. He looked better even in that first inning, but it was like he had that extra pep in his step coming out there with conviction and attacking hitters as the game went on. And Eric Hosmer, just like, what a hit. I mean, that's what good teams do. They respond. Three-run bomb. Also, Haas, of course, added the triple in the eighth inning to give KC a big insurance run. Alex Gordon produced the other run after the draw. Dyson had the leadoff triple up the right field line in the fifth inning. Base hit. Cologne's unable to get in Dyson, but Gordon, a base hit just out of the reach of second base in Kipnis, giving the Royals five runs tonight. Terrific win. The Royals get through game one tonight with the matchup that favored Cleveland. You had to love like Santana versus Vargas. Not by a lot, but by a little bit in this game. And the Royals now get back Lorenzo Cain. So Volquez is done with his suspension. Kane's completely done. We may as well count Ventura as done. He's got two more games, and he starts on Friday in Detroit, and the Royals' bullpen is rested at this point. So Ventura's done. That leaves just Calvin Herrera when it comes to suspensions, and that's going to be a big one, losing him for close to a week or a week. But it will also be nice on Friday when the Royals get Alcides Escobar back because that lineup does look pretty bare, let's be honest. Without Rios, Escobar, and Kane, still a decent lineup, but without those three... You know, those three make it a good lineup. Without those three, it may be kind of a league average lineup. So I think it's good to get back. Kane tomorrow, obviously, Escobar this weekend. And we're not too far away from seeing the full Royals club. I mean, we're still six weeks from Chris Medlin, if you want to count him as part of the quote-unquote, you know, full club. But otherwise, you're about two and a half weeks from Rios being back in right field. Tomorrow, Holland's back. Two and a half days from Escobar coming back. Lorenzo Kane back tomorrow. So it's just nice to see this team uh, winning ball games. An exciting time to be a Royals fan. Keep racking up these victories, as I will say. And many people will say, well, it's only April and May baseball. These aren't big games. BS. Why are these not big games? You would call them big games in September. And the games now count equally. A win in May is, believe it or not, the same as a win in September. There's no three-point lines in baseball. You don't get extra credit for winning after the calendar flips August 1st. It's all the same. You rack up wins now, and the games in September aren't quite as pressure-packed, aren't, aren't quite as important, quote-unquote. Just keep racking up the wins. Royals still haven't lost three games in a row. They ended that two-loss-in-a-row streak tonight. That's important. They continue to win first games of series, and you win series by winning game one. And I like the Royals to win this series. They have to win this series. I'm going to call this a very important series. Just for the fact that you go into Detroit and two of the three matchups do not favor you in that series. If not all three, depending on how you want to look at it. Detroit loses tonight, by the way, so the Royals are back in first place by a half game if you care about such things in May. I just care about wins. Just keep getting wins, and we'll worry about where Detroit's at come July and August when we start getting to that point of the season. Just keep getting wins. But like I said, the Royals have the edge of the next two games. It's crazy saying that since Corey Kluber's pitching game three, but the guy, OPS is like 1,400 the last few hitters are against him the last few games and just getting rocked. I mean, the Royals hit... Kluber. Well, let's talk about tomorrow first. We'll get to Kluber here in a second. But let's talk about tomorrow night's game and why I like the Royals. You got Danny Duffy tomorrow, two and zero with a three four five, against Carlos Carrasco, three and two with a four nine eight. Clear edge of the Royals. Duffy has been really coming into his own as of late. Him and Volquez 
starting to kind of separate themselves as the two aces of the staff. Ventura has not quite performed at the ace level that we expected to this point, but he will with time. The home run ball, of course, has bit him along with cramps and his temper. But Duffy coming off that magnificent outing against Detroit. Seven innings last Thursday. Hasn't faced Cleveland since last September. It was the 22nd at Progressive Field. He threw scoreless, you know, six scoreless innings that night. So Duffy's been good recently for the Royals, and his last start against Cleveland was good. I like him a lot, especially against all those left-handed bats Cleveland has. Carrasco comes off four runs in six innings against Toronto. Walked three, struck out six in that game, and against the Royals' lifetime, his ERA is pretty much the same as it is this year. 4.98 this year and 4.82 lifetime against the Royals. Advantage KC tomorrow. Get that win tomorrow. Rack it up in the win column. You've won the series, and then going in to the finale, I'll still give the Royals a slight edge, even though in theory Cleveland probably is a push in this game at worst. I'm sure Cleveland fans would argue they have the edge, and, and you could take that. I mean, <laughs> Kluber did win the freaking Cy Young last year, so I, I don't mean to, you know, I harp on sample size, and I realize it's not a huge sample size, six starts for Kluber, but he has struggled this year. Four, six, two ERAs, 0-4. Kluber allowed four earned runs in five innings against Toronto, and then before that, faced the Royals, who got four earned runs and six and a third, six overall in that game, by the way. They got him for 10 hits in Cleveland last week. So Kluber's not exactly been pitching great, but you can't count him out, obviously, and he is due for a good start. But Edison Volquez has been awesome for the Royals. A 2-1-0, even though he's got a 2-3 record. I mean, 2-1-0 ERA and 2-3 and record. Volquez, and, and again, records are obviously so 1975. I get that. But Volquez, of course, should have a better, number, a better record than that with that ERA. So uh, who knows what happens on Thursday? I, I do like the Royals a little bit on Thursday in that matchup. Volquez coming out that tough luck game against David Price. Two runs on five hits. This is his first start against Cleveland this year. And like I said, the Royals saw Kluber last week. So I like the Royals a lot tomorrow, and I like them by a smidge on Thursday. Let's just get tomorrow's game, rack up that W, and then you're set going into Detroit no matter what happens on Thursday. We'll have it here for you again tomorrow night on Clubhouse Conversation. Thanks for listening. By the way, we'll be catching up with a current Royal on Thursday this week, and later on this evening, Bill Pakoda, Mr. I-29, who played for the Royals from 1986 to 1991. I had a chance to talk with him the other day. I'll publish that chat here in just a few minutes. So make sure you download all these interviews or uh, listen to them on the site. Either way, you can take them with you on your favorite tablet or device. You can stream them from the site. There's also the Hit and Run tab at the top where you get the five Cliff Notes version of each interview if you want to hear just a few hits of the important and memorable things said. I definitely encourage you to listen to the whole things, but maybe to whet your appetite and wet your mouth on some of these, check out the Hit and Runs. But they're all great interviews, and Bill Pakoda is just that as well tonight here on Clubhouse Conversation. We'll have it again for you tomorrow night. Go Royals!